Well, the Magic of the Cup is out of the way until Tuesday, that is, anyway. Albion are in the hat, but it came at a price. Now it's back to the Championship, the bread and butter, and can Carlos's men get back on the winning trail again as they travel to Kenilworth Road this weekend? We'll discuss all that and more on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Jury. Welcome back to the Baggies broadcast, season six, episode 30. Episode 30 of the campaign. Um, I'm alongside Lewis Cox, the ENS Baggies correspondent, as always. Uh, Lewis, we're a bit, a bit later in the week this week, so how's your, uh, how's your week been so far, pal? Hello, Johnny. Good morning. Uh, morning to the listeners. Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, fine. Um, Thursday, isn't it? So press a day tomorrow and then off down to uh, off down to sunny Luton, aren't we? And away day that sunny uh, Luton. And away day that everyone in football reporting loves truly. <laughs> so um, so yeah, look, looking forward to that. To be fair, I've only been once um, as they were flying back up through the league. So I, I went to to there once in League One. Um, so I can't say I'm fully looking forward to it, but at least you know at least it's not a place I've been to a million times like some of them. So yeah, we'll we'll see. But uh, as always, it's results dependent. But uh, Baggy's doing all right of late, aren't they? Although although we don't exact we don't have a win to discuss this time, do we? We've got to. Uh, although there was no lack of action in the three three, was there at Chesterfield? So yeah, it feels like we've been spoiled. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna keep my Luton Kenilworth Road bash into a minimum. I was on a one of the Albion fan podcasts and the Hawthorns debate earlier this week where I tore into Kenilworth Road. So I do apologise to all down at Luton. Although I did say you do get a warm welcome. Um, but as I've said, we'll look briefly at the FA Cup. Um, we'll just have a glance back at that. Um, and more really on the news that has followed since then with Brandon Thomas-Asante, which I am sure you're all aware of. We'll look ahead to Luton. We'll discuss some of the baggies transfer rumours as the January rumour mill is very much in full flow at the moment. We'll answer your questions. Um, we'll talk uh, Ron Gawley, action for Albion and off-field issues briefly. There's a little update on that. Um, TJ Smithy has returned for another quiz. First one of 2023 to test my baggies metal. Um, but I'm going to start with our new section. Now, I can't remember what I actually called it last week, but I've coined a new name for it. It's called Alternative Albion. That's going to be what we'll label it from now on. So it's a funny and an alternative look at something for the weekend's action. Um, and it was the FA Cup. It was at Chesterfield. Now, I'm going to go for fan banter. Now, you probably heard me sort of mumbling to myself in the press room. And I said it a few times last season. Now, we've all, everyone's got the, the archetypal, stereotypical fans goading each other, the songs like, who the F and L are you and all this. Um, but I just thought it was quite funny on Saturday. It was, it was proper relentless between the two sets of fans. But my take is that there needs to be some new, some new creativity in the songs between the fans um and also it just made me laugh that there was two fully grown Chesterfield fans giving it what I call I'm not going to say the actual word but the double shuffle is what and fans can take you all know what I mean in after about two minutes towards the Albion fans which I thought was quite funny um so these are some of the funny things you see in in football grounds uh, but I don't know what you think Lewis I think there needs to be a bit more creativity from football fans with these these goading chants between uh singing ends and away ends and stuff well, what i will say johnny is um b- because of the setup and facilities at chesterfield which were fine by the way um absolutely fine worked far worse um and, and obviously the occasion saw that we were we were rather 
crammed in together, weren't we? There, there wasn't much. Um, there weren't much room between you and I, were there? And um, it not just because of that. It was quite difficult to not grasp your rage throughout the day, really, at, at several issues. To oh yeah. And then, you yeah. know the, the, the Wi-Fi. And to be honest, I thought your I thought your sort of alternative angle this week was just going to be a you know a full blown attack, not just on Chesterfield, but on the entire non-league scene that that I uh, you know I thought uh, you loved dearly as a as a grassroots guy. But um, <laughs> Chesterfield got both barrels from your mutterings on Saturday, didn't they, mate? And, they did. Uh, they did. Although that yeah. was another, it was a lovely welcome from Chesterfield. Just no, it was. It was the it Wi-Fi was. wasn't working. You eventually got onto my uh, my hotspot, didn't you? And and, yeah, and we resolved matters. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you, you were particularly irate with some of the, the chants and supporters in our proximity, weren't you? Although, to be fair, just for info for fans, where the press box was situated, we were in the um, the dugout stand, weren't we? The, the main stand behind the dugouts and, and closer towards the Albion end. So yeah. that corner is clearly where the um, the Chesterfield Massive and, uh, <laughs> you know, they're... Uh, yeah, their, their loyal firm uh, place themselves in the corner to to stand and goad the away end that's right there. So we were almost in the thick of it, weren't we? Uh, which was an interesting experience. But yeah, so some of the uh, chanting and, and stuff leaves a bit to be desired. So I'll give you that rant. Yeah, yeah. And some of the gents in front of us, mm, not so yeah. sure. Yeah, come and um, any Albion fans saw me Twitter, come and collect your dad if these were exactly the back of the football match but in all seriousness it did get a bit Lots of stone there, island you know. weren't there john there was it was like an explosion in the stone island factory in that section other brands other other, other uh, loyal firm brands available available yeah um in all seriousness it did get a bit tasty down by the the corner let when brandon thomas assembly scored i actually ventured down there just to wait so i could sort of scurry out of the ground to to speak to you albion fans and there was a bit of a, a few people on the pitch bit of a, a ruckus um between stewards and and some chesterfield fans I actually got it actually sort of moving towards me and i got bopped on the nose at one point not um on purpose by a chesterfield fan but i was sort of standing in the way so it's a bit unsavory but but that's my take of the week the alternative albion i want to see some more creativity in the stands not just at the hawthorns but across the the uk so if there's any brand new goading chance unveiled at luton at the weekend i'll be uh i'll be very happy hats off to you but right there's that our little funny tale for the start of the podcast. We're going to, as we said, touch briefly on that Chesterfield FA Cup result, but more than what's happened after it, really. Um, Brandon Thomas Asante has been handed a retrospective ban for three games for a, an apparent elbow. Now, Lewis, I want to get your opinion on this. When it came through, I was a bit shocked. I'd seen the discussion on it, but I thought it would just, I thought it was a bit of hysteria. I thought it might go away, but what's your take on it? Um, I'd, I've been trying to decide, mate, to be honest. I, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, massive frustration and, you know, what a huge blow it clearly is. Top scorer. I mean, obviously, Thomas Asante rescued Albion at Chesterfield with, well, the late goal, obviously, and, and the very early goal as well. Got the brace, seven goals for the season. He's flying, isn't he? He's not, you know, he's not playing every game. It's been rotated with DK. It's been very smart, I think. It's working. So it's a massive shame that he's going to miss three games. And by the way, you know, if Luton wasn't bad enough, which is not an easy game as we'll get on to, Burnley, Burnley away. I mean, I, I think I'm going to be desperately disappointed about that. Um, you know, the replay is by the by, isn't it? That, that doesn't matter. But, um, the incident itself, I'll be honest, I didn't see it. 
Um, but I saw in the aftermath of the goal, um, Jeff King, who was the Chesterfield right back, sort of came off after receiving treatment, holding his head just in front of us, didn't he? And it was clear he'd, he'd, uh, he'd had a whack or taken a knock some, at some stage. Um, and then quite soon after the game, there were because it was FA Cup footage, more readily available, wasn't it? And it was being spread all over socials and kind of thinking, oh, something sort of happened here. But in the league, things never seem like that when they're just little video clips after the game to really get picked up on, do they? Um, and so when, when I got home and then as the night progressed, I mean, I didn't watch Match of the Day or the highlights, actually, but all of a sudden, yeah, everything I'm seeing on socials and stuff is like, oh, yeah, everyone's talking about Thomas Asante. I saw some Chesterfield fans saying what, what he did was was terrible, shouldn't have pitch, blah, blah, blah. I, I then saw the incident on video and thought, I, I don't know, did he mean it? Did he mean it? I don't, I don't, or is he just using his body because he knows there's a player around him to almost like get out of the way? You know, is it an intentional elbow to the... I, I don't know. To be honest, I haven't seen it enough. I'd like to see a better video of it again. Um, but... I 100% I understand the frustration of supporters in that a retrospective ban has hit the club, hit one of the main players, um, because you don't see it, do you? It doesn't happen. And um, so a lot of Albion fans say that um, one of the last times I can remember it happening to them, them again, wasn't it? You'll know this more than me, Johnny. Was it Berahino? Was it a dive? Was that, I, yeah, you know, I so, a lot, yeah. There's a lot of talk this week since it about how Albion were last hit with one, obviously a good few years ago. Um, I think it was Berahino that was mentioned. Um, but in general, you don't see them, do you? You, you just don't see retrospective bands. And I have to say, once I saw the footage and once I saw the amount of pundits talking about it and the deal that was made about it, I did think, you know, oh, oh dear, this this has got potential, I fear. Um, so I wasn't massively surprised, but I'd have to I'd have to watch it again to try and make my mind up. I don't know if, I, I don't think, I don't feel like Tom Santa is that type of, Type of player, um, like he might have been doing it to you know to get the defender away from me type thing. Um, but yeah, what what a blow really, what a blow. Yeah, it's the inconsistency for me. Um, yeah, a lot of talk one, about that foul on yeah, a J wasn't wasn't there. Yeah, the foul on a J, and if you're going to ban Thomas Asante, then for violent conduct, then that's a professional foul, and 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 that should you know I don't know the the, the, the referee's laws inside out, but surely that should warrant a ban and. And the other thing is, you know, if it's not, it shouldn't make a difference whether it's being talked about on punditry or not. It's almost as if no, no, no. the FA have had to go, oh, Danny Murphy's talking about it on Match of the Day. We've got to do something about it. And yeah, it was interesting that he went so so into it on that. And, you know, I think Danny Murphy's a bit of a grass, to be honest. But... Look, I... <laughs> but no, it's just one of them, isn't it? If it happens, if West Brom are, are deadlocked at one all against Luton and... And, and Brandon Thomas is obviously not playing this weekend now, but if Brandon Thomas Asante does the same thing and goes on and scores the winner and it's shown on ITV4 and talked about by Sam Parkin or whoever else is a pundit on, on the, the ITV Championship highlights, he probably doesn't get banned. No, I'm so trying to take my blue and white tinted specs off. And, um, and yeah, I think most neutral fans would look and look at the hammering of Danny Murphy in match of the day and be like, no, don't don't be daft. This isn't the reason why, you know, Danny Murphy isn't the reason why FA have looked at it, at it and, and banned him. But obviously it was a high profile thing. You know, it was one of the bigger games of the weekend. It was looked at heavily. Um, so, so yeah, 
frustration. You're just on the Ajayi one, because there's a lot of talk about that, wasn't there, with, with supporters? Um, and, and most will know this, but for anyone listening that doesn't, um, obviously the, the Chesterford player, not sure which one it was now, got booked for that foul. Um, poor challenge, obviously, seen the video back to that one as well. And because of the rules, no retrospective action can be taken following a booking, which, you know, by the letter of the law, obviously nothing's wrong there, but obviously the law's just a bit daft, isn't it? The, the law's just, you know, a bit, uh, well, that rule could be looking at, could be could do with being looked at, I think it's safe to say, because it doesn't make any sense, does it? You know, you could have could have an absolutely terrible, scandalous foul there that someone's booked for when it's clearly a million percent of red. And it, and it can't yeah. be, you know, it could do all kinds of damage to an opponent and it can't be looked at because a booking, an incorrect booking has been given um, as a failure, you know, on the referee's front. So that's an absolutely ridiculous rule. But um, yeah, yeah, massive shame, wasn't it? Because it was a strange day at Chesterfield, a strange cup tie, wasn't it? it? It really was strange. Chaotic first half, second half sort of quieting down and then a crazy ending um, when you thought it was sort of all doom and gloom, embarrassing defeat. Summit salvaged you kind of a, a little bit upbeat, just get out of there. No one wanted a replay, but in my opinion, better than going out of the competition. And and now we sort of get a subsequent hammer blow from it that's going to affect the league, which, um, yeah, be certainly very interesting. Um, obviously, Thursday at the time of speaking, when we get to see Carlos Corbran in the morning uh, for his press conference and, and see what he makes of it all. Yeah, just on the back of that, I'll be wearing the hat. The draw was made. Um I was getting very nervous towards the end of that FA Cup draw. If I remember rightly, Albion Chesterfield was drawn out late. It was late. There's yeah. about eight eight ties left, maybe less. And and now this was drawn out very late when Grimsby and Brighton were still in the hat. I was getting very shaky. I was getting ready to put in a holiday request, basically. It um, says it all about me that I haven't yeah. been to neither Grimsby or Brighton, and I think was in particular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's Bristol or Swansea. Um, they've obviously got to overcome the Chesterfield hurdle um, next week, but Bristol or Swansea, winnable game. Should you win that? You're in a, you're in the fifth round, aren't you? And yeah. Without preempting yeah, anything, it's not an inspiring draw, but it's no. certainly certainly one that's um, winnable. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think the bottom line is for me with the draws, um, almost regardless of who you get, you want to be at home. Um, all right, you don't want to draw Man City at home, do you? But you you want to be at home. Um, and then I think when it, when it comes to a ways, you look at a tie you've been, been able to win, which, you know, as you rightly say, Bristol City and Swansea, very winnable, that Albin should win on their day. But from a fan's perspective and a travelling fan's perspective, it's not inspiring, is it? You know, been to Bristol barely a few days ago. Swansea's still to come this season, last game of the season, I believe, um, in May, early May. And yeah, it's just same bit samey, isn't it? I always think from a... From, a selfish reporter perspective and I think fans would think the same from their perspective you just want something a bit different bit out I just think same division draws in cup competitions are dull I find it hard to get up for them, up for them really but um yeah I mean I've, I've been to Ashton Gate plenty of times I've never been to Swans although it is to come this season um so if I was pressed I'd probably say I'd rather go to Swansea but that's only because we've saw Bristol all too recently haven't we so yeah no, it's it is one of them, but you know it's a draw, and uh, and hopefully Albion can get through Chesterfield, and we. Can I think Bristol. I think Bristol City is an easier tie, isn't it? I think yeah. it, I think Swansea are probably the, Swansea are the better team this season, so perhaps for advancement purposes. And fifth round, you're suddenly right in the mix of a proper yeah. run, aren't you? You yeah. know, another kind draw, and 
is it six round and then the quarters, I believe, in the FA Cup? I think yeah. It always confuses me. Uh, um, or the six know. round might be the quarters. quarters I yeah, depends. yeah. Six rounds but, quarters, um, I think. Yeah, you're right, right there, aren't you? So. It's been a long time since I've been a thing there. So <laughs> yeah. I certainly didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need to worry about the quarters in, in my previous role. But um, yeah, yeah. I think, fingers crossed. Um, obviously, a third round replay hurdle to climb over first. Yeah, well, hopefully Albion can uh, can get there. We're going to talk about some news now. Uh, we've had a couple of little snippets this morning. Alex Palmer and Carlos Corbran have uh, been rewarded. Palmer with his good form and Corbran for overseeing um, a 12-point haul in December for Albion um, with um, manager and player of the month nominations, respectively. Uh, they're up against three other managers and three other players. Um, not an awful lot to say, really, Lewis. Just fully deserved, fully expected, really. Certainly in Corbran's case. Um, could oh, potentially yeah. potentially an argument for Brandon Thomas Asante to be on there as well, but no, no surprise at all. Regards the head coach. I mean, it, uh, only possibly last week or the start of this week, I was thinking, strange that we haven't seen any, you know, any mention of you know, awards of, of the month business here. It's, it's quite late, and Corbrand's surely a shooting. I mean, he has to be <laughs> because of the run. You know, even the, obviously the late Coventry defeat aside. Um, who are the other managers up, Johnny? I didn't have a chance to look this morning. Uh, Heckingbottom, Mowbray and Vincent Company. Not um, not Middlesbrough, not Carrick. No, he's not nominated. Um, no, no. yeah. he, he was the one. I, I was just thinking of, of the rest of the division and who might be able to challenge Corbyn and Carrick was, without studying the form guide closely right now, Carrick's the one that sprung to mind. But um, yeah, I'd, I think... All right, Albion lost a game. Obviously, you mentioned that Coventry game, which which was a game extra that month, by the way. Um, the form was unbelievable, wasn't it? So it, it takes some run to to beat him. I think he's got to be favourite, unless I'm missing something. Um, and Palmer, wow. I mean, what, what can you say? What can you say about the number of clean sheets and no goals conceded from open play? Only a couple from pens. Um, amazing, great story as we've said before, yeah. and um, I hope they both I hope they both get it. It'd be it'd be great to see a double, wouldn't it? I'd I'd imagine you'd have to go back some time to see you know whether being the champ or the prem or possibly I suppose in the last championship promotion campaign, but the last time uh, Baggy's boss and player won on the same month, yeah. it possibly doesn't seem to happen too often. So yeah, it'd be a good good little double. One for the uh, one for the statisticians and one for somebody who's got a bit more patience than I. Um, yeah, a bit, more, a bit of time on your hands, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, elsewhere, um, Carlos Corbran has talked about his youngsters, the young baggies that they've got in the squad and out on loan, and, and he's going to decide what he's going to do with them this January. Now, we'll just run through a list. A lot of them have been recalled um, in January. Josh Griffiths has come back um, from his loan spell at Portsmouth. That was announced last night. Um, elsewhere, Caleb Taylor's still at, at Cheltenham Town um, and has been doing really well um, out of Cheltenham Town. Uh, if you look at the midfielders, Quevin Caffrey's come back from Notts County. He had a he had an ill-fated and unsuccessful spell at um, Burton Albion earlier this season, which lasted only a handful of games, but he's been at Notts County, scored a couple of goals. He's been called back um, elsewhere. There was another Albion youngster who, and the name, Jamie Andrews came back from Yeovil um, earlier this month. Yes. Um, and Mo Fowle, has um, remained at AFC Files, where he scored a double at the weekend. Seems to be um, hitting a bit of form there. Um, there are a number of a number of other youngsters in that in that squad. Um, Coxie, um, the likes of oh, sorry, Ray and Tulloch has also come back from from Rochdale. 
Um, so it's funny to mention him in the youngsters bracket. It seems like he's been around for a long, long time. I think he's nearly um, 22, isn't he, Tuller? Yeah. Um, the other one to mention, Zach Ashworth and Ethan Ingram. Um, is, there, is there any indication? We're not going to have a mass exodus of them. They're all going to go out on loan. But is it a case with the likes of Griffiths who'd come back and Castro? And is it a case that they might just go elsewhere? Maybe a little bit of a step up? Or <laughs> I Again, with, with the movement of certain players returning and stuff, you know, this is certainly one look forward to asking the head coach about it. But interesting couple of cases, really, aren't there, about the youngsters you've mentioned. If I, if I were a betting man... Um, I mean, just a bit of common sense here, and um, I think beyond, you know, you get past this Chesterfield replay next week, and then obviously the fourth round is at the end of Jan, isn't it? So there is a bit of wriggle room post fourth round when it comes to the transfer market. Having said that, it's a championship side away, so would you be chucking in academy lads for that kind of game? Yes, you'd rotate the team, but I think that could be a big ask. Although I'm aware, obviously, as we saw at Chesterfield, you know, Zach Ashworth and, and nothing against him. It had it tough, but most Arbin players did. Um, he had to play, didn't he, really? Because backup left back, you know, be, beyond the Townsend. And I know Eric Peters can play there, but obviously he's been playing centre half. Um, Adam Reach can play there because he can play just about anywhere, can't he? Um, I um, Mr. Utility. But obviously, Reach was used in midfield first off, and, and Ashworth had to play, had it tough, and, and came off at the break. Um, so the, there's a chance that an Ashworth could be required in the fourth round later in the month. Um, thought we might have seen Ethan Ingram, another sort of highly rated young youngster, you know, youth international on Saturday, but obviously Taylor Gardner Hickman was shuffled into right back. Now that that might not happen later on, you know, if Reach. It's felt that Reach has to be used at left back. Gardner Hickman might have to come into the middle. That could free up the right back slot for Ingram. We saw Ingram play at Derby, didn't we? Um, in the League Cup, he started earlier this season. If I if I were a betting man, I I suspect that at least one of those young fullbacks will be sent on loan before the end of this month. I, I don't know that for definite. I just, in my opinion, that's what would be best for them at the moment. But I'm also wary of ugh, Albion are not blessed at the moment with depth and cover in the fullback department are they they really aren't and that's that's a shame for those two youngsters because at the minute they're sort of unable to go out and get that experience which I think could be a, a, a really good step for them both really the age and stage they're at you know whether it's national league or maybe it's too early for a league two loan I'm not sure um yeah so I mean like a Chesterfield where we were on Saturday clearly a good side you know fully professional but almost a football league club in in hiding, aren't they? You know, that kind of move for an Ashworth would be superb. You know, playing in front of great crowds, high pressure, uh, top of that division. Yeah, it'd be, be a really good move. But it, it, it is dependent, isn't it, on Albion's situation at the moment and cover. And listen, Albion are due centre halves to get back fit. Ajay's back fit. Bartley hopefully isn't too far away. That perhaps, and he doesn't deserve to get dropped, but frees up Peters to be cover competition with Townsend at left back. So I might allow Ashworth out, for an example. Still less cover on the right, isn't there, really? Um, having to play Gardner Hickman as a sort of deputy backup who's who's not a right back. Um, so, yeah, regards those two, not sure. Uh, I think it'd be best for them if they go out, but not sure. Cleary's one we haven't mentioned, isn't yeah. he? I think, I think he... Does his situation change now 
Asante's out for most of the month. Possibly, or... possibly, Johnny. Because, um, I mean, obviously, you're left with Daryl DK, you're left with Colin Grant, who we know Corbyn wants to use on the left, but he's still a backup option up front, no doubt. Um, then you get to Zahor, don't you? And um, yeah, Big Ken wasn't even in the squad, was he? At Chesterfield, wasn't on the bench. Um, I, th- I think we've got Big Ken to uh, talk about later in the uh, in the pod, haven't we? But I think at least has to come in the conversation now. Uh, now Thomas Sante is out, but you're right about Cleary in that alongside Zahor, possibly even ahead of Zahor, might have to come into the com- conversation again. Is some someone we like to ask Corbyn about um, now this ban because options are you know it's, it's not. Not a mass of options when you have one one out for three games, is there? So and and obviously you know Daryl DK is clearly not going to start all three of these games. Um, he might start both league games, I'd imagine, but obviously the one in the middle will require some some tinker in the replay at the Hawthorns next week. Um, quick one on the, the the players that have come back. Uh, Josh Griffiths is the interesting one, isn't he from Pompey? Um, sort of heard and read, not mixed reviews about that loan because you look at it and. Pompey aren't having the best season in League One, not what's expected of them, you would say, that the scale of the club, but they've found it hard for many years. They've had a manager change recently, haven't they, Pompey, with the Cowleys moved on? I think I'm right in saying. Um, obviously, they signed Griffiths, and Griffiths has played 28 games, I think I read, out on loan at Fratton Park. Yeah. Um, eight clean sheets, which is not a bad return for, for clean sheets, but trying to sort of gauge the Pompey fan base on online at that move, and it, it seemed mixed to me. So... I don't. I don't think he's done badly by any means. I, I don't think that. And uh, but then I'm. I'm not certain he's set the world on. You know, a light there. Um, so you can look at this one both ways, can't you? You could definitely see a world where a better suited loan is found. Um, but then you know, there's a bit of school of thought, isn't there? That we know Josh Griffiths is immensely highly rated. You know, Albin are currently having massive success with another academy graduate goalkeeper in their number one partner. Um, David Button's situation, yes, he came in on Saturday, wouldn't have wanted to concede three goals in the first half, not saying one, two or three were all his fault at all. Obviously, it was a bad day all round, really. Uh, but are Albion now have a school of thought where they think, well, it's time to blood Griffiths just in terms of back up on the bench? Perhaps. That will certainly be interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way, I don't think. I, he's played a lot of football, hasn't he, Josh Griffiths? A lot of games. I think already he's played more than 100 career games. And he's only 21. I think I'm going to double check that when when uh, you're next chatting. But he's played a lot of games, um, so perhaps he perhaps I feel he doesn't need another loan. Um, but look, that clubs will be looking for uh, for an improved keeper, so he, he could be out there. But I, equally, if they decide it's now time to give him that experience of match day squads on the bench as Palmer's sort of deputy, I I I wouldn't be against or surprised by that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens and, and whether he does go out for another loan. You, you, um, it's almost like you read my mind, Coxie, or you actually read ah. the script that I sent you. No, you, no, it was your mind. <laughs> um, Kenzahor, big Ken, big Ken with five goals for eight million pounds. Um, Lewis, it, sort of rumours and and chatter on social media emerged earlier this week, um, and yeah, earlier this week really, just about Zahor and. A potentially interest from his native Denmark and that Albion might be close to striking a deal to terminate his contract. 
um, after what can only be described as a very unsuccessful spell at the club. Um, do we know anything on that, or, or is that something that hasn't sort of been shored up or confirmed yet? Yeah, well, it's um, we'll certainly be able to, you know, look to bring more tomorrow. Um, as 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 with a few of these rumours that have sort of emerged this week, we've we've got a chance to to get some views on them tomorrow. Um, how tight lipped or not, Carlos Corbran will be remains to be seen. I I, I know he doesn't. Um, He's great with us for the record, but I know he doesn't like to give too much away in, in his presses. But we, we asked about Zahor sort of this time last week ahead of Chesterfield, just, you know, wondering whether he'd, he'd be involved because of what Steve Bruce had said previously about he's free to find a new club. And look, uh, as supporters will have read, um, Corbyn spoke about him and said how he's he's behind, about how he won't be involved because there'll be other forwards on the bench, about that. Corbyn even said he had to focus, how, how he's similar with DK and Corbyn had to focus all of his, so a lot of his energy on DK rather than Zahor. I think it's all quite definite, isn't it? And um, but if Albin could strike anything regards Zahor and, and free that up and and get him a new a new start, that's, yeah, it's absolutely clear it's best for all parties. You're looking um, at potentially two players there, aren't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. If I, you I go, and, or even, even maybe, you know, if you went out and got two or three low knees, which Albion can do because they they haven't got any low knees at yeah, the yeah, moment. Yeah. You know, if you split that, obviously with a loan fee, you're not paying the whole fee. It could be even three players yeah. and um, some very much needed depth. Absolutely, that. Yeah, I, you know, as as you mentioned the transfer fee, which was obviously significant. You know, he's, he's a centre forward with a good goals record, so you wouldn't be there on pittance either. Uh, so it's just it, uh, you know, with the fact that he's not in squads, he, even for a cup game against a non-league team, with respect, is um, probably says it all. Um, but the Thomas Asante thing for three games might change it, but will we see him on the bench in the championship? I'm really not convinced by that. Uh, so I think Albion would be happy to do something if they could. Um, it's worth mentioning, isn't it? I know he, he, he does get tarnished with the eight million, doesn't he? But from what I gather, it, the, the move was was four initially wasn't it and then up to eight if certain things get hit I think regards possibly goals and success so I don't know how much of that eight million was quite reached but let's not kid ourselves four and and, and north of four and beyond is um, certainly extremely steep isn't it and Albion have had a very little return on that it's what, what did you say three goals was it five um, goals I think or five goals okay yeah. yeah um doing him a disservice there sorry but uh yeah whatever move can be sorted would be for the you know, beneficial for everyone, wouldn't it? And um, yeah, perhaps he does have to go back to sort of his homeland to, yeah. to restart. Um, I'm not saying championship clubs, um, maybe even top end league one clubs will have been put off by what's happened here. You know, he scored goals on these shores before, hasn't he? Um, well, certainly, certainly in Wales shores. Um, but yeah, he's, he's really got it. He really got it kickstart and restart his his career hasn't he uh big ken it's it's uh it's a shame a move that didn't work it's a shame and it's a shame from albion perspective because things could have gone differently for them on the pitch where it had it worked had it worked as, as expected but yeah really want to file under um <laughs> file under forgettable and uh, disastrous really there's not much dressing it up is there and uh, and hopefully something can be sorted I'm just doing some sums here. I'm just looking at his um his stats. He's 28. He's played 197 games, scored 40 goals, which is not great. He's played 23 times for Albion in all competitions. And I think Albion paid eight million pounds for him. So 350 grand an appearance almost. 
than has before wages. Um, well, it yeah, is. Yeah, so I, I, it's, it's as I say. I, I don't know whether it, it, you know Albion have had to pay. Eight million no one. Um, no one. Yeah. That, um, no one signs players to do badly, and, and it just hasn't gone. We don't. Oh, yeah, we'll never know. Couple of seasons, didn't he, for his previous club? Um, yeah, to be honest, if you look at it, the, the transfer fee Albion paid for him, he had four years at Cardiff, one was on loan, um, two in 12, 12 in 30, nine in 39, mm. and then in the Premier League, which is his last season at Cardiff, one in 20. So it's, yeah, yeah, not, not quite, yeah, middle of the road. So. One to learn, one yeah. to learn from, isn't it, certainly? Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see if he goes out. Um, Steve Bruce had a lot to say about Kenneth Hall in the summer when he was questioned, um, and Steve Bruce has been speaking this week on the uh, Die for Three Points podcast with Neil Warnock and he's spoken about how he's thinking he's going to be hanging up his his managerial suit um, and retire from management. Um, Albion would have been his last job. Um, hardly surprising, Lewis, but then again, I'd hardly be surprised if we saw him pop up in a random job, to be honest. He strikes me as someone who just has got the bug for management but it yeah. might be the last we've seen of Brucey anyway yeah I mean he only said he was leaning towards retirement at this specific moment didn't he um which you know I'm sure he is um but he's only speaking by what's out there he, he knows something could come up and, and there are clubs that would fancy his services still I'm sure um because of previous achievements that he acknowledged the fact that it clearly didn't go well at the Hawthorns which everyone knows um yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see to see him take up a you know, short term to the rest of the season, Jobby. Um, there were Norwich links, weren't there, not so long ago? I know yeah. Wagner's gone in there, but you, you know when it comes to those kind of links, you never yeah, you, you usually wonder whether it's um, someone connected to Bruce sort of chucking his name in there just to generate a, something up and make sure that sort of footballing um, space doesn't forget about him, but. Let's see. Let's see if let's see if we get into well into the new year and there's a team down there struggling and they they feel like they need some something to get him out of trouble. But yeah, let's see. Yeah, be interesting. Maybe he could launch his own podcast like Warnock. I know it's Big Sam's got a podcast now as well. It's almost <laughs> like that. It's almost like that that group of of SOS managers has uh, has gone to the the other side. But yeah, Pardew um, needs one as well. Pardew, sure. yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, has Kirbishly had one for 20 years? Is he the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the first football podcast host. Yeah, it hasn't been long. Host Charlton. We did... Um, the Baggies broadcast did make an approach to Alan, Alan Pardew's agent um, a few months ago to come on a podcast, but safe to say, I don't think he's too keen to talk about his ill-fated spell at, at Albion, but it remains to be seen whether he is the latest one to go into podcasting. Um, elsewhere, we're going to talk about Action for Albion. Um, they've planned another protest, which will take place... Um, at the next home game, um, which will be Tuesday against Chesterfield. Um, but aside from that, um, news was was announced by Action for Albion on social media last week that um, they'd been in correspondence with um, Albion, in particular the Albion Director of, of Communications, Ian Skidmore, um, about uh, arranging a meeting with Action for Albion, um, Ian Skidmore and Ron Gourlay as well. That It's almost... Like Ron Gawley's answered the um the calls from the fans that the protests sort of ramped up in recent weeks and he's agreed to sit down, um sit down with the with the supporters, which is very good news. Um, Lewis, just getting your opinion on it. Um, hats off to Ron Gawley. From my point of view, it'd have been, I think the easy option is to just not say anything 
Um, so to come out and speak yeah. to the fans, which which he will know that the contents of what's talked about, the majority of it, I imagine, from Action for Albion will be communicated with the wider Albion community. Um, so from my point of view, it's hats off for coming out. Um, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I think, um, you know, credit to all involved here, um, certainly the supporter group um, who have done a great job over the last month and a bit, maybe, yeah, for a couple of months um, in, in their campaigns and protests. Sort of started off, started started off where you have to start off with with little traction when you're making something new, don't you? And obviously the scale of the situation, things escalating, didn't they, around Christmas? And uh, obviously the loan repayment that where the deadline came and went and nothing happened. And and I think rightfully the protests increased and gained more traction, gained more noise. Um, the game was it the New Year's game against Reading, I think, Johnny, uh, where the post match, yeah. the post match. Um, protests happened uh happened on, on Halfords Lane and and you know it, it was brilliant to see it so well attended and you know by and large what we hear and hear and read about it 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 went it went well it went okay and um I think every supporter or certainly the majority of supporters there were good natured and absolutely meant well in in what they were doing uh, clearly everyone grasps the situation that's going on and uh yeah it was good to sit on such a scale um because when things like this grow to this level more and more people will take notice and uh, i know the group have been speaking to you know wider more national media outlets which is which is great you know you, i think you need that beyond um beyond locals writing and and, and uh, speaking about it you need national attention and, and that's great to see and and then obviously for the from the club's point of view you know they're, they're clearly for the whole of it aware of it very much aware of it when it was shining a light from the stands which is still going on and, and good to see and protests like that inside the stadium so they're aware and when i say they i'm obviously talking about you know the likes of the chief executive ron gourlay um directors obviously certainly di di director director directors and the the, the um the ones based here certainly and certainly those at the game um at the games so yeah great to see it and good good for good for the chief executive ron gourlay you know sorted out by in skidmore uh, addressed by in skidmore to um to help make it happen and for ron gourlay to to go and meet with this group and you know the associates of this group the sort of founders and leaders of this group to to answer the questions that they're gonna gonna have and they're obviously they're gonna be hard questions they're gonna go there wanting to know why x y and z has or hasn't happened um ron Gourley, i'm sure will answer the questions to the best he can um and, and say as it is and uh yeah we we look forward you know as as the local press to, to hopefully being able to do the same soon yeah no and, and it's one of them isn't it you know as we've said in recent weeks we've been sort of that's the line we've taken and we wanted wanted to see communication with the press and the fans and and that's what we've always been. And I think with, I think we made it very clear. I made it clear on social media as well. Um, I think a lot of issues at Albion are directed at, at Gourlay's door wrongly. These loans and the, and the financial issues are not are not Gourlay's doing. You know, these stem from further back, from beyond last February, or well, a year, nearly a year ago, when Ron Gourlay was unveiled as Albion's new chief executive, um, and prior to when he was a consultant at the club as well. Um, Issues stem back a long way, don't they? A long way, yeah, a long way. And if you looked at, Many years. if you look, if you take away, if you take away that and look at Gourlay's time at Albion in isolation, 
can we say good things have been done? Yes, the back end of last season and the Steve Bruce reign wasn't great. Um, granted, you know, I think Gourlay released a lengthy statement at the end of last season and explained that. Um, but the summer recruitment has been very good. The appointment of Carlos Corberan, um, he has to take credit for that. For the simple fact that um, I think what a lot of fans, I mentioned this on the fan podcast I spoke about the other day. Um, Albion don't have a technical director. Um, and when there is a technical director, that I imagine takes the heat off the chief executive and makes it he can concentrate on other other issues, which I'm sure he's not able to do because Albion don't have a technical director. They have a head of recruitment. Um, I think that's Ian Pierce's title. But um, yeah. So I think what we're trying to say is that, you know, if you look at it in isolation, the season tickets, et cetera, and other things off the field, um, the investigation that he announced into the, the historic loan, um, which again was miles before his watch. Um, you can only praise it. And that's it. That, that, I, just, I, I, think, I, I think, just think regards, regards well, this, regards this news, regards meeting fans and, um, and, you know, I, yeah, hopefully speaking to us in the, in the near future, um, and addressing, being able to address issues. Now, look, we've had what happened on New Year's Eve when everyone knew about a, a public deadline um, came and went. And, you know, happily we got communication from the club that it, it wasn't met. And obviously we know in, within that statement, it you know, there was a, a more vague sort of time frame given, wasn't there? And, you know, obviously we hope within these answers from the chief exec could get some more on that. But, um, yeah. You know, I think obviously things are cranking up just in terms of certainly supporters' concerns and fears. And uh, yeah, good good of the club to to do this and address this. And um, hopefully it's a move that will bring some, yeah, some answers, uh, maybe a bit of satisfaction and peace of mind. No, no, absolutely. I think a lot of fans realise as well when it comes to the chief executive that, you know, that's the, the line that they're unhappy about is sort of communication rather than other issues, which are not, you know, some fans unfairly throw it in. Um, but hopefully, you know, as we said, all positive news, great that he's coming out. Well, the easiest thing would, to do would be to stay quiet, um, which he's not doing. Um, and look forward to, to, to hearing what um, to hearing what comes out of the, the meeting with action for Albion. Right. Transfer news. Um, January window is open. Um, Lewis O'Brien is a name on Albion fans' lips. Now, this will clear out about 10 of the 20 questions we've got to answer today. Uh-huh. Um, Lewis, any any um, any truth in the O'Brien rumours? I believe he played for Cor Brown at Huddersfield. Um, is it one that Albion are, are looking at? Um, he was one of the 100 players, it seemed, that Nottingham Forest signed in the summer, um, yeah. with some now yeah. surplus to requirements. Well, clear, look, clearly, um, this situation, I would say, rests with Forrest. Um, I would say that if uh, Lewis O'Brien, the former Huddersfield midfielder who so shone under Corbran, was made available for a loan, Forrest are looking to clear out bodies, clear up wage space, um, obviously dependent on that because he, you know, he'd be on a decent whack, you'd imagine, at the, um, you know, in the Premier League. Um, I would assume at this stage, obviously we look forward to asking him directly tomorrow, I would assume that Carlos Corbran would want to be at the front of the queue. And because of the success they had together, barring any internal fallouts or anything that I'm not aware, you know, not aware of, um, because of the success they had together, you'd like to think that um, Lewis O'Brien would would quite fancy a you know, meet up again. And um, and obviously he'd be very much aware that this is an improving Albin under 
Corbrand, a thriving Albion under Corbrand, yes, off-field issues, clearly, but an Albion that won a win promotion to the Premier League. You know, Lewis O'Brien, I think, well, I could have back-to-backs here. And, you know, that opens up a, a potential different future if, if he gets the impression it's not working at Forest. We we know what it can be like at Forest. Um, he might see Albion as a... Albion with Corbrand there as a better option to for the next step of his career, perhaps. Um, I think... I think were Forrest to to sanction it and and look to make him available for loan. I, I think the Albion have got a good chance, and that that's exciting because he's a top he's a top player, isn't he? A top midfielder. And I, I wasn't um, covering Albion in, in in the championship last season, but obviously I'm all too aware that he's one of, was one of the best around at what he does. Um, great little player. Would love to see it happen. Um, Talking about Harry Redknapp there, cracking little player. Cracking little player. <laughs> <laughs> There's a soundbite for you. <laughs> I know some of our press colleagues will enjoy that. They love a little soundbite like that. Um, no, but the, 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 as, as I touched on, um, if he is made available for loan, obviously, then you have to look into the you know, what percentage are Albion expected to pay situation. And, and look, we know... We know that that might not be the, you know, that that's got to be the thing that could be a stumbling block, isn't it? How much can, how much can Albion make happen for for a loan contribution for for a wage? I'd like to think they could make something happen, but how much can they go to basically? And and um, and it won't be a one a one club queue, will it, for Lewis O'Brien? Certainly won't be a one club queue. There will be plenty of suitors. Yeah. Um, so whether it hangs on. Clearing up space, you know, we've t- talked on Zahor, haven't they? Haven't we talking up, um, you know, freeing the, the the wage bill stuff like that? You know, at, at this stage, it has to be said until hopefully we get more more answers. Um, it's sort of un- unclear the the financial side of the January window in terms of fees and certainly wages. Um, what what sort of room Corman has to manoeuvre in that market? Obviously, we've asked him, but he's it's been a little bit tight lipped there understandably so um but yeah if if forest sanction it i'd like to think albion will be if not at the front of the queue then very near the front of the queue yeah no we'll have to wait and see on that one um just on other rumors um carlos corbran has been um linked shall we say west ham have got no imminent plans to sack david Moyes, but they're having not regret the best season um and it has emerged in the national press that corbran is a, is sort of top of a list of potential candidates should West Ham um, dispense of Moyes at the end of the season. Um, Lewis, sh- sh- not shock, but no shock. Um, no, no. My message is, keep your hands off, West Ham, <laughs> these Albions. But, I imagine that'll be Albions' message. It well. wasn't going to be um, long before before form like that attracts attention. Oh, of course. Look, as, as I um, uh, I replied to someone on online, um, where an Albion fans will you know, know this and don't need to hear it from me. Um, you, you know, before Carlos Corbin came in here, yes, Olympiacos for him didn't go entirely to plan and well, did it? He, he was sacked after like, a dozen games or whatever. Um, that's a different beast, is it? You're talking about one of Europe's, you know, that's a, that's a very different beast. Um, Carlos Corbin is a very highly rated coach, head coach within certainly the British game, uh, English game. I, I would imagine, you know, even further afield. So, he would be an individual, you know, he's he's only 39. He would be an individual that 
clubs would be having Tab on anyway. They'd be aware of him. Now, he comes into um, a big hitter in the champ who were at the foot of the table. Couldn't couldn't be going much lower, could they? And and um, and the turnaround has been immense and absolutely immense. And Albion fans are rightly um, besotted with him already, aren't they? They, they uh, absolutely love the work he's done. They love what he comes out with and, and all of that, and rightly so. And uh, the, the the unfortunate thing is, it's going to attract more attention to someone who's already you know highly thought of. And um, yeah, we're, we're a long way off anything like that, aren't we? Just I think in terms of a long way off a Premier League club like West Ham possibly pulling the trigger, or maybe not. Maybe they're only a couple more defeats away. I can't profess to know that for definite, but they're definitely struggling, aren't they? It didn't seem like too long ago Moyes was uh, working wonders there, but yeah, again, West Ham don't usually hang around, do they? Um, Look, and, and 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 that link's always going to be flattering to any manager that's working a, a tear down. And Corbyn's ambitious, of course. And um, but he signed a contract here of length, and he'll see a job he's doing here and a target he's got to achieve here when it comes to promotion. You know, he suffered at the end of last season, didn't he? Um, how how that ended with Huddersfield, and uh, and he, he got a massive gig out of that. Let's let's be fair. Um, got an absolutely great move out of that. Didn't work out for him, and and here he is. And um, I feel like from from what I, what I sort of the impression I get from him over these couple of months, I feel like he he has a real determination to to get over the line here. What quite didn't happen last time, but look, if, if it got down the line and a, a big boy comes calling and and you know asks for a coach, that's that's hard to. It's hard to say no to, isn't it? And hard to turn down, at least having a talk. But yeah, we're, we're a long way off that. But absolutely no surprise that, um, you know, big boys, top boys are aware of him. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a case of if West Ham want him, they're going to have to go through. Yeah, look at a Leeds. A lot of yeah, look at a Leeds. Leeds. They'll know absolutely everything about him, won't they? And, yeah, Leeds is uh, the obvious one, isn't it? Yeah, but, but any struggling, ailing Prem club. I mean, how, how often do we see Premier League a point from? From the championship it's, it's quite common isn't it if they're not going down certainly the european or foreign route we see it a lot and um yeah have a look down the list of championship managers who who's one of the most appealing right now you you'd certainly think the hawthorns but uh, obviously none of us want to see this so hopefully it uh, it's all sort of smoke and, and uh yeah it doesn't come to this yeah no it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see basically to the west Ham board it's karen brady she's still on the board back off leave malone he's going nowhere um, other rumours, Lewis and Albion linked with any other moves? It's been quite quiet, really, hasn't it? Well, there's been a couple. Um, there's been a couple, just a couple of names. Um, one being Leighton Clarkson, who's a young uh, Liverpool midfielder. Yeah. Now, he, we had John Russell earlier in the month. Um, obviously, someone called Brand knows from Huddersfield, a centre midfielder. We've had Lewis O'Brien, a centre midfielder. And we've had Leighton Clarkson, who's currently out on loan. I believe it's Aberdeen. Um, let me just double check that. I've got that here. Yeah, he's, he's out at Aberdeen. Um, doing very well up in Scotland, it must be said. Highly rated midfielder he is, uh, but it fit, you know, it fits the. It, it doesn't take a genius or a rocket scientist, does it, for um, to to gather that Corbyn's after bulking, beefing out that midfield. I would say that Clarkson, I think, is a different profile to the two aforementioned midfielders. Um, reports suggest that uh, that they're looking to. Um, Wait, it, presumably it must be Liverpool looking to possibly move on his loan from Scotland and get him into the championship, yeah. um, which would be interesting. Albion weren't the only club mentioned, but uh, 
good player, good player. Only um, only 21, but done well in in the Scottish Premier this season. It's like five goals from 19 in in centre mid is uh, is a good effort, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him have a really good stint in the Championship. It wouldn't surprise me if Albion had, uh, you know, at least inquired or he'd be a player on their radar, certainly. And and just the other one, another name that has been mentioned, um, bit bit more bit more left left field actually, Johnny. It's a it's a, a youngster from um, it's a youngster from Orient, from Leighton Orient, a young okay. young young forward called Daniel Enkuma Enkuma. I think he'd pronounce that. Pardon, apologies to uh, if I butchered that name there, but yeah, an, an interesting. Interesting little link. Only only nineteen. Um, clearly, you know, one for the future. Not even in the Thomas Asante mold, really, because that was for the here and now. I know it's the same division. Um, Orient League Two, aren't they, Johnny? Not Conference. League Two, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, League yeah, two. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, not played many many career games. I think you know, seven or eight Orient appearances. I believe he's out on loan at uh, at Welling. Or certainly, yeah, has been very recently national National League South. So that's that's step six. That is at the Pyramid Welling where he's been at. But obviously, reports reports suggest I've been in Middlesbrough. That one, two of the Championships flyers, aren't they? So he's clearly clearly got a little bit of a profile about him. Clearly doing good things, even out on loan at a low level and and highly rated by Orient. It's just an interesting little diversion away from players we're talking about. I've been needing to bolster their their ranks now. It, you know, isn't it? If if a nineteen-year-old from League Two comes in, or who's been out on loan in non-league, that's that's certainly not someone you'd you'd imagine would come and fill fill the uh, Brandon Thomas Asante void, or the you know be rotated for DK, is it? So you know, maybe a bench option, perhaps. But uh, another little interesting one there, Daniel Enkrumer. Um, yeah, th- those are those are all interesting reports, and I certainly see see weight in this this midfield move that Corbett's clearly plotting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We'll uh, have to wait and see. Plenty of January left anyway, so plenty of time for more rumours to circulate. Right, time for an advert. Um, as always, and as you Baggies fans know, the Baggies broadcast is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man, the store for all your households, electronics, kitchen. You know, it's what it, If you need it, it's probably got it down at Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Um, what they have got is a ruckload of kettles, and I've been going through them. I need a new kettle. I need a new everything, really. So I say on this podcast every single week, there's always something on the kettle and toaster man that certainly takes my fancy. Um, get, you, get yourself a Russell Hobbs Buckingham Quiet Boil Stainless Steel Kettle for just 25 quid. There's a number of other well-priced items on there to be snapped up. So if you're interested, head to Thorns Road in Briley Hill if you want to have a look at some of the items in person, or if you want to order online, have a browse of what they've got available, head to the thecatmantoasterman.co.uk. Right, time for a quiz. We haven't had a quiz for a long time. Um, TJ Smith, he's back. Well, was back, but we caught up a little bit earlier this week, um, and he had a few teasers for me. He is planning the Cox Dreary head-to-head um, in the not-too-distant future. Um, Look forward to it. When we can get that one going. But he... Um, he had a, a good alternative quiz for me this week. I had to guess some of the second highest top scorers from Albion's um, previous seasons. Have a, have a listen to how I got on. The Baggies broadcast quiz is back for 2023. TJ Smith, he's had a he's had a rest. He's been thinking he spent his whole festive period writing down West Brom quizzes. <laughs> um, so we should have a few belters. How's things going, pal? You all right? Not too bad. Not too bad. Glad to be back. It's been... 
ages really, hasn't it? It has been ages. It has been ages. You must be it's having been like time in his shoes and yeah. everything with midweek games and everything. It's just the joys of the championship. You must be having withdrawal symptoms from quizzes. So what have you got for me today? So today we have the West Brom second best. So I'm going to go through the past six seasons. I'll tell you who scored the top goals. Who was the top goal scorer, more like. And then you've got to tell me who was second place. Right, OK. Right. So we'll, we'll start from last season. Side. Right, let's go. So top goal scorer with 18 goals was Carl and Grant. Who yeah. got second place? Are you going to tell me how many they scored? They scored seven goals. Callum Robinson. That is one point. Better in. There we go. There we go. I haven't been drinking <laughs> too much over Christmas. I've still got a clear head. Right. Great. So, the season before in the Premiership, Pereira scored seven goals as a top goal scorer. Yeah. Who was second place with five? Scored five goals that season. Who did we have that season? Oh, I don't know. It could be anyone. Robson Canning? No. no. It was the same answer. Robinson again. Was it Robinson again? Goals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course it would have been. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Right. Oh, so that's one out of two. One out of two, yeah. In the 2019-20 season... Robson Canu and Austin both scored 10 goals. And it was a joint pair that got eight goals. Can you name both of them? Pereira is one of them. Dean uh, Garner? It was, indeed. Was it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Two from three. Two from three, I'll take that. I'll take that. Good start. Right, what else you got? Definitely Throw it at me. Four. In the 2018-19 season, Dwight Gale scored 23 goals in the championship. Who came second place with 22? Jay Rodriguez. That is indeed. That's a tap. In that one. That's a tap. And if, an, if any Albion fans listen to this who didn't get that, take your Albion shirts, take them outside and just chuck them in a the bin. <laughs> you should be able to get that one. So, in the 2017-18 season, the relegation year, mm-hmm. Jay Rodriguez and uh, Robson Canu both scored seven goals. Right. Uh, Who was second? Oh, oh, no. Oh, no, he's got it wrong again. No. What's he doing? Who scored? Uh, it was in second place with only two goals. Uh, Hagazi. Uh, no. <laughs> It was that. It was, but to be fair, it was a Gazi, but it was probably a list of about eight other people. Oh, uh, was there? All oh, right, okay. There's only take, two goals. I'll <laughs> so take a point. A I'll a take tapping. a point. I'll take a point from that. Yeah, I'm having that. I'm definitely having that. So your last season, All right, is the sixteen seventeen season. Yeah. With. Uh, what? Oh no! Is he not doing? you not be doing your sums right? Double check this one because I just need to see if it's actually right. Because looking back, I can't believe it. 
Yeah. So in the 16-17 season, right. Rondon scored eight goals. Are you sure about that? Are you 16, sure? 17. <laughs> yeah, I am definitely sure. Because for some reason, I put down Robson Cannon. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Uh, who was second place with six goals? 16, 17. Uh, Massa Chadley? No. No. Um, it was the beast at the back, Gareth McCauley. Oh, was it? Oh, very good. All right. Well, I'll take that. It's not a bad start to 2023. Not, not a bad start. Not a bad start. No bad start. Right, TJ Smithy, cheers for that, pal. I've got the uh, I've got the old brain juices flowing this morning now, so <laughs> should be set up for a good day. But see you next week, pal. See you later. There we go. A solid start to the 2023 quizzes, um, but can only get better. We're hoping to have some more fans on, and as we said, hoping to get Coxie um, Coxie on. We uh, we did a few quizzes on the way back from Sunderland a while ago, and put our heads <laughs> together and um, and did a. Yeah, we did. We did quite well, actually. I did, did all right, didn't well. I? I think, Johnny, for, yeah. uh, for you know, for a non-baggy, I've got a few. For a non-baggy, uh, you did really well, mate. You've got really a few well. early noughties gems up my sleeve. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a, it'll be a tricky one. But um, thanks very much, TJ Smithy. Um, he'll be back next week with another, well, a few other testers. Right, we've got some, some questions. We're, uh, we're, we're pushed for time. We've been going on for quite a while. We've had a lot to talk about today. Um, so I'm going to go with, well, we'll pick out a few questions. As I said, a lot of them have been answered, a lot of them on the O'Brien rumour. Um, so um, the first one, I'm going to talk about the replay on, um, sorry, I've been attacked by a cat. Well, I say a, not a random cat. Uh, my cat three times during this podcast. Um, and she's trying to jump up again. I think she's really keen to talk about the action for Albion protests. Um, all wax lyrical. She must be a, about Corbrand. She must be a Carlos fan. Um, so sorry, I was just, Lewis can Lewis can see I've been squirming around for the last twenty minutes trying to uh, There's an emerging theme in these podcasts of you being attacked by um, animal friends. I know, yeah, or sort of having to deal with barking, yeah. So, um, right, well, uh, we'll move on to the questions. I've just got I'm keeping an eye over my shoulder, making sure I'm not going to be a uh, be victim to an attack. Right, um, I've seen some fans say they'd go stronger for the replay versus Chesterfield. I think I'd just bring in Ingram, move Gardner Hick with centre midfield and reach to left back. What would you do? Um, Touched on I'd, that earlier, didn't we? Mentioned I'd probably make quite a few changes. You got Burnley on Friday, um, and yeah, you want to get through, but you also want three points at Burnley. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd probably, yeah, probably go down that route. But I, I don't know about yourself. The fact that Burnley's Friday night, yeah, um, not Saturday, and the fact that it is Burnley and not a, a different, different Championship game, I think. Certainly has effect on the the replay side, yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, it's a BTA question, which is being answered. Um, let's say we have the money for three realistic loan signings. Um, <clears throat> which three positions would you get these loans? Would you get these loans for? And do you have any players in mind? Well, as you, as you talk about it, I actually wrote a piece yesterday of four Premier League players that I'll be potentially look at loaning. Well, I'd make Lewis. I'd make Lewis O'Brien in second. Lewis O'Brien in yeah. He would certainly be on there. Another one I mentioned is James Garner at Everton. Uh, now, James Garner would have come mm. to Albion fans' attentions at Nottingham Forest. He's a product of the Man United youth system. Um, he's had two loan spells at Forest. One last year where he played almost every single game for Forest and did really well. Um, went to Everton for nine million pounds, but he's played just six times. I think the majority of those have been off the bench as well. So he's another 
Um, another centre midfielder who I'm sure is attracting a little bit of interest from from some clubs looking to bolster their ranks with a loan loan move. Um, another one who's been tagged around for a, for a, a potential loan move, Lewis, is Cade Gordon at Liverpool. Um, he's a youngster who's played a handful of first team appearances, cup, and I'm not too sure if there's any league in there after signing for for a million pounds from Derby County. Um, he hasn't been out on loan yet. Um, he's one that's been touted to, to championship clubs. And another one you look at is, you know, he's been talked about in the past. Josh Oliver has played two games at Fulham. Still yeah. a very good quality signing. Somebody Steve Bruce tried to bring in, in on that ill-fated window. Um, and another one I picked out, I went through a few lists yesterday. Jamal Lowe at Bournemouth. Jamal Lowe is very much, yeah, someone that's yeah. been on my radar a little bit. Yeah. Now, I don't think that Corbran would target a winger. Um, he might do, but Lowe, someone who, who hasn't really played a lot for Bournemouth. Um, he's got a good championship pedigree. Had a very good season for Swansea a few years ago. Um I've seen yeah, him play up front. Yeah. I don't know if he's yeah. winger by trade, but I, I, I don't both know if he's one of can do both or one a similar of a Grant Moore. Yeah. Who, um, some is there any other... So, we've mentioned forward forward areas there. we mentioned wide and centre midfielders. Is, is there any areas... It's funny, it's funny you mentioned Cade, Cade uh, Gordon at Liverpool, actually. 17-year-old. Uh, it's almost a year to the day. It was a year to the day a couple of days ago, I think. I saw him... Score uh, score against Shrewsbury Town in the FA Cup when, yeah. I was, when I was covering Shrewsbury at, uh, at Anfield. Jay yeah, scored his first goal. Um, yeah, good little player. Good little player again. Yeah, he, he is a, a nippy <laughs> little, little player. Uh, yeah, little player. Sorry for turning into Redknapp. Um, yeah, he need, probably needs a loan. Um, be interesting, interesting whether that's Championship or League One. Uh, yeah, so as for the question, mid, so obviously centre midfield. I think I think you have to be looking. Um, in my opinion, in the right back department, I really do. Um, and I would, I would also say, yeah, I would also say up front. I think I, I would also say up front, just for, just for the Thomas Asante, DK, and then you go to Grant, don't you? Which is, which is fine. Grant scores goals, you know, he, he does, as as we saw at, at Chesterfield. But Corbin wants to use him out wide. Which, which is fine, which is what probably we want to see more than him up front. Um, so so get another option in to, to push DK and Thomas Asante. Um, those are the three positions I'd go for. Jamal Lowe, I think Albin could do a lot worse, actually. I think he's I think he's a good chap, to be honest. Um, well, but just, just, just come to me this second, this, but um, revisiting a name from the summer in Adam Armstrong. Don't don't think he's played, played a lot of games. He's, I I looked you at the, I'm sorry. He's played 17 games for Southampton this oh, season. Right. I, 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 I imagine. Think, I didn't think I'd seen him on match of the day that often. No, I imagine the majority of them, uh, without looking at them, the majority of them are probably mm. substitute appearances and with Southampton yeah, yeah, strengthening. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah potentially. You, know, he's you think he'd be the type of player that um, that Nathan Jones would 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 like to have and use as well, wouldn't you, a manager? Yeah. Cool, if you look at his record, his, his last two seasons he played in the Championship: 19, 20, 2021. 20, 17 and 48, 29 and 43. Um, that's in all competitions. I think in the league, you got 16 and 46 and 28 and 40. It's a very good record. Um, he's he's someone who would be the difference. He could potentially make the difference, couldn't he? Yeah, and and yeah, ditto a, a low, as you, as you said. Um, yeah, proven at this level can come in and make a real impact. But look, a lot, a lot of things have got a a lot of pieces have got to come together for those kind of moves to to work, haven't they? So um, I would look in the forward department for extra, just a bit of extra firepower, and it, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise to me if that's what the head coach is looking at as well. Yeah, thanks very much for your question. Um, 
Bryn Moore has got in touch. Why have various pundits and members of the media got so worked up about BTA's elbow? It's part and parcel of the game. It didn't look malicious. Feels like a bit of a witch hunt. Is it just sensationalism? Yeah, it's interesting. I think I don't know. This is probably a conspiracy, and I'm not buying into conspiracies. But it's almost like that was one of the featured games on Match of the Day. It would have been a better story for the national press if Chesterfield would have won. Um, had Chesterfield have won that game, would Thomas Asante have been banned? Now, if, I know we've talked about other areas of it. We haven't talked about that. I don't think he would have done. No one would have talked about it. The, the Match of the Day pundits wouldn't have talked about it. <laughs> And the powers that be down at Wembley or the FA wouldn't no, have I, probably yeah. talked about it. I think it's fair that there's probably there's a bit more noise around it because seconds or minutes later, Brandon Thompson goes and scores the equaliser. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't don't want to get all conspiracy on this because, well, I, I don't know. They've looked at the video evidence and come to a decision, haven't they? And you could view the video evidence differently, couldn't you? But um, yeah, I don't think we have to get into this again. But yeah, probably scoring the late equaliser like like it like it did did at least up the as you say up the ante and up the attention on it, and uh, it would be interesting to know, wouldn't it, if um, if the ban wouldn't have happened if Albion got that replay. I, I I don't know. I can't decide, but I think you you could be right with that one. Yeah. Question from Leo Watkins, um, just on off-field stuff with the club gambling on promotion, ensuring financial security. What realistic things will happen if we don't go up now? We've sort of talked a little bit about that in recent weeks, but I suppose that they're the answers that we're hoping to get from the action for Albion questions to, to Ron Gawley, really. Some reassurances, mm. really, Lewis, about, about potential outcomes should Carlos's men fall short of promotion. Yeah, re- re- reassurances against what, well, not quite the worst, not, not the worst case scenario, obviously, but a, a scenario where you're having to um, raise funds by moving on big earners slash good players. That's what we don't want to see happen, isn't it? And um, that's what we hope to be told won't have to happen. Now we at this exact second can't say that for definite because we don't know that for definite. Um, and that's what Albion fans don't want to hear. And, and they don't want to hear worse than that either, do they? With regards to um, anything connected to the club itself and and obviously, you know, repayment to this this loan, um, this £20 million loan and things like that. So, um, yeah, it'd be, be good to get some positive clarity, certainly. Uh, final question. Um, it's gonna it's gonna sort of come full circle. Something we talked about before. I personally think Luton is one of the worst away days of the season. Most games are easy to get to on public transport, and the area isn't great once you get there. Where does it rate from a media standpoint? Well, if we're gonna go with ratings, there's 24 teams in the championship, is there? Um, yeah, there's 20. Yeah, 24 in there. Uh, 24th, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I would. I will say. Yeah, the, lovely the, little I meant to say this earlier. The, yeah. the one time I've been, the press food on offer was, and and I will, um, I will be clear on this. It was delicious. Oh, was it, it was a homemade cake. Like yes, they do have homemade. It was a homemade Victoria's, homemade Victoria sponge and homemade chocolate cake. And you, I think you could have a slice of each. And I mean a proper wedge, you know. I'm not talking slithers here. Yeah. And it was good. It was good. So that was that. That was the one. One of the well, the only positive that stuck with me, to be honest. But they've got a really little press room just under the stands. And yeah, mm. I remember the cake. I think I had carrot cake last year. And the person who was in there and the hospitality was was very nice. But we went last year and it rained quite a bit, and there was water coming through the the stand roof. I remember bad views, bad views from the stanchions as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Views and stuff, but um, yeah, and parking's always a 
uh, a tricky one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. It's, I, I not ideal. it's not high. It's not high. But we won't have them anymore. Uh, thank you very much for your questions, Baggy fans. Um, just finally to wrap up, um, we're going to Luton. We, we talked about it last week that no one had really staked a claim from Chesterfield to start against Luton. Um, I think one one certain change is going to be DK up top, isn't it? Um, Lewis, could, do, do you expect if you had yeah. to get uh, there's going to be a striker coming on the bench? Um, we'd imagine um, <laughs> if it, if it's going to be between Cleary and, and Zahor, if Cleary doesn't go out on loan this week or nothing happens with Zahor. Um, if you if you were a betting man, where would your money be on on, on which one of them would make the the squad on Saturday? That's a really tough one, isn't it? That um, you make cases for both or neither. Um, well, not neither, but make cases for and against both. I, I'm edging towards. I'd rather see it be Cleary. But just just a very quick shout to one I forgot from earlier that we should have mentioned when it comes to that. Um, he can, and we have seen it happen on, under Corbran as well. Matty, Matty Phillips can do it can't he as, as, um, so I think if you're going on a bit of a pecking order obviously beyond DK Thomas Asante suspended obviously there's the grant option um Corbin season as a winger but there is the Phillips option now yeah, it's not ideal no no one pretends it is but it is at least a you know a body and an option although we've seen Phillips in the starting lineup on the flank haven't we and that's what we'd still expect come Saturday um because I don't think Brady Dean Garner did brilliantly at Chesterfield, among others. Um, yeah, if you're asking me, putting a gun to my head and asking me to pick between Cleary and Zahor for the bench, I'd, I'd rather it be Cleary, I think. Yeah, no, we'll, um, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Just finally, it's a case of it's a tough place to go. It's a tight pitch. Lugner, you know, have done well. They've carried on from where Nathan Jones left off when he went to Southampton and Rob Edwards has done really well um, at Kenilworth Road. Is it a case of we've seen the best of, or, or we've seen close to, or some of the best under Corbyn in terms of passing football and, and exciting, expansive football? Is it a case of this performance needs to be a little bit more like the QPR display or the Blackpool yeah. display where you just need to get in, get a result, get on the bus and go home? Yeah, I think so, definitely. But although, Johnny, we'll, we'll close this part with... Um... A stat I uncovered when I was uh, doing Ooh, some, some research before we started, and it it did floor me. I've got to say because it go it goes against all the stereotypes and what you would assume. Because you think Luton, you think going to Kenilworth Road, don't you? You think <sighs> tricky, unglamorous, get in, get out, try your best to get. You know, it's 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 their turf, their comfort zone. They go. Yeah. So I thought, right, let's check this home home and away championship table then, because obviously you'd expect Luton's home form to be right up there. And in the away pecking order to possibly be certainly lower mid table or or even worse, right? So I was hugely shocked to to actually read, and I'm just going to get it back up to double check before I yeah to read that. So for their home form in the championship, out of 24, Luton are 16th. So not not you know not not even near top half um, with 16 points. Their away form, they're fourth. Which really, really shocked me. You know, it's a, a fairly newly promoted club, you know, a couple of seasons coming up through the levels. And you almost, especially a place like Kenilworth, you almost banking and relying on that home, aren't you? Especially the ground like it is and take what you can away. But for whatever reason, they are flying on the road this season with 23 points. So seven points more away from home. Um, and maybe that's a, a bit of a shot in the arm, a bit of boost for Arby on the head of the weekend. I was really surprised to see their 
home form that much sorry their away form that much better than their home form yeah it's interesting isn't it you 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 associate that when you've got a ground like that like a ramshackle ground the pitch is tight and yeah, the atmosphere is yeah. good you, ex- you expect them to have a, a really good home record yeah. um they've won they're just looking at it yeah wow um so 12 home games at Kenilworth and they've won just three of them and that includes seven home draws. So clearly they've had a little issue this season of not winning the games at home. They probably should have. Seven home draws is a lot. The most home draws out of any side this season by a stretch. Yeah. And uh, and when it comes to away, where is it? 13 games and seven wins. So that is quite surprising to say the least, isn't it? Um, but perhaps provides optimism for the... Well, how many baggies will be heading down to Kenilworth? Probably 2,000. Is that what it holds yeah, away in? Something like that, I'd imagine, oh. yeah. Yeah, there you go, baggies fans. A positive note from Statman Coxie <laughs> to finish off today's baggies broadcast. Um, the cup magic is over for now. Um, back to the routine of the championship. Um, and as we've said, the best way to tackle Luton away is get in there, get in, get the job done and go home. That's for the fans and the players alike. And hopefully Carlos and the boys can do just that on Saturday. For those travelling down there, we hope to see you down there. Have a safe trip. Um, To the rest of you Buggies fans, thank you very much for listening. Have a great week. And from me and Lewis, boing boing.